Hey everyone, it's Johnny here. So this is my final part of avoiding client creative punch-ups. And this last one is all about getting paid or getting value for money. So, you know, we, we may have been on both sides of the fence here or you may be a, a client who contracts suppliers or you might be a freelancer that works with clients and the horrible word here is money. You know, we don't like talking about it. Um, we don't like quoting for it. You know, if, we've, if someone hasn't done a very good job for us, we don't want to have to talk about, you know, reducing fees or not paying them at all. It's a dirty word, isn't it? And it doesn't have to be. I feel like if you're a good client and you're a good supplier and you do a good job, you know, getting paid should just be a very small process and it should be a, an easy and stressful thing. But often it's not. It's a, quite a stressful area. And there are, there are two types of business people out there. There's good ones and there's bad ones. And we hear it all the time of people not getting paid. We see it when businesses go under and they take their supply chain with them. And we know um, in the past, I've worked with clients who get lots and lots of people to go out there and do work for them when actually they haven't got any money to pay them in the first place. I think some of this actually stems that we've all got different ways of viewing money. Some people seem quite blasé about it and, and you know not care about it almost, maybe because they have got a lot of money and they feel that other people have got money. And if, we've, and if you come from a background, um, a home life or a business life where you haven't got much money, you know, you'll think about financials in a very, very different way too. And we should be more open and honest and talk about money. And we should definitely talk about money from the beginning of a project and not, not at the end. Because if we talk about money openly and frankly um, at the beginning of a project, then it should resolve any situations at the end. Okay, so here are some problems that we find um, in terms of money within client creative relationships. The first one is the constant pressuring of reducing fees. Now, if you're a creative and someone keeps pressuring you to reduce your fees or trying to discount all the time, it, it can be overwhelming and it can be really, really soul destroying. It can affect your confidence. But I suppose let's, we have to look at this um, openly and understand what's happening here. So from the client side of, um, of things, they're probably working to a budget. They've probably got a tight budget and they probably really want to work with you, but their budget doesn't match your fee. And often people aren't very good at communicating. And if they could just communicate in the right way and say, look, we've got this amount of money. We want to work with you. Is there anything we can do here? Then often we can work things out, whether it be we do a slightly different job or we don't do as much of a certain area or we can be a bit more flexible with the timeline. It could lead on to other work or there could be other projects that come off the back of it. I think having an open and honest conversation about the money early doors and each other's expectations, objectives, and what they're trying to get out of the project and budgets as well, then actually we can actually have a, a much more stress-free conversation about money. Now, if you're a, 
a freelancer and you've got a set fee or day rate or project rate, I'm not saying that you should reduce your fee at all. Um, most of the time I'd say stick to your guns, but I would say understand why the client is offering or trying to get to a certain amount of money. And it will probably, probably be because they've got a certain amount of money that they can spend. And that doesn't align with what they're wanting or what you're offering. Again, just have that conversation early doors and see if you can sort anything out. Um, and, cli and clients, remember, it's not Marrakesh. You know, you don't always have to bart all the time. Actually, you can get more value for money by paying the fees and the rates of your, of your creative um, and having a good working relationship in terms of money because eventually they'll want to work for you. They'll work harder for you and most likely do more work for you um, if you just pay them the rate that they're asking for. The, the main issue here is being paid on time um, or being paid at all. So there's different reasons why people don't get paid. The first one is they didn't have the budgets in the first place. Okay, so they've got someone to, to do some work for them. And when it comes to getting paid, maybe they, the business is having cash flow issues, maybe they've over budgeted, under budgeted, and they just simply don't have the money to pay that supplier at that time. And you just go to a bottom of a long list. And when it comes to the end of the month and they pay the wages and they pay the rent, there's probably no money left over and you just go back onto the next month and the next month. Um, and then the problem is, the other problem is get, actually getting paid at all. Now this could be for a number of different reasons. It could be just because they're a tyrant and they, not, they don't pay suppliers, which we see a lot. The other thing is they, they might be in financial trouble um, and be close to going under. And even in the last few months, I've seen half a dozen businesses go under and it's always the suppliers and the freelancers that don't get paid. Um, HMRC gets paid, the bank normally gets paid and probably wages get paid, but freelancers go right to the bottom of a, a long list and don't get paid. And it's terrible, it's horrible and it shouldn't happen. Um, and it's illegal. So you know, if you are that business and you are that client um, who doesn't pay suppliers for whatever reason, um, it's not good and you shouldn't do it. Um, but there are some solutions to get around this uh, and avoid this from happening. Okay, so some of the things that you can do, and these are more swayed towards the client, is understand what budget you have at the beginning. So rather than just working ad hoc and just getting suppliers to do things, have a budget that you're working to um, and then communicate that budget to the, to the supplier. And not just what they're getting, what their share or cut is. Talk about the whole budget. Because actually, one, they might be able to help you. They might be able to be more resourceful. Um, but by communicating your money and your financials um, about the whole project or process, that transparency um, can create really great relationships. It's open and it's honest. And actually, if the supplier knows exactly how much money you're spending on what part of the project, they might be able to offer solutions um, and different directions so you can be more resourceful with your budget and that you can get things done on time um, and not have any over or underspend. 
Now, I know when you're working to budgets, you're trying to get value for money. But again, remember, this isn't a Marrakesh bazaar that you're trying to just chip or barter people down on every part of a project. By paying a supplier's fees actually makes them feel good it's going to make them work well um, and it's they're more likely to work harder and get things done on time now if you are constantly trying to barter someone down it's just going to grate away and grate at them and and really start to break down the working relationship and it can be a bit disrespectful if, if you're working with someone because they're great at what they do and you love their skills and you love their talent but you're constantly trying to get them down on their fees then it's kind of doesn't make sense does it you, you've got them in to do a really great job but then you're constantly trying to get them to reduce their fees and it's just going to create tension going forward i think you need to ask meaningful questions as well so understand why do suppliers charge what they charge if they've got five ten fifteen 20 years of knowledge and skills, then they've got every right to charge what they charge. And also, when people are running their own business, they're not on wages, they're not on a salary. There's lots and lots of costs that they have outside of what they do with you. You know, they've got office space to pay for, they've got accounts to pay for, they've got um, equipment to pay for. So you have to understand why people charge what they do. Um, and being open and transparent about pricing is a really, really great thing to do. And I think suppliers and creatives should do that very early on and understand each other's pricing models and each other's budgets. So here are some solutions to make sure that you get paid what you're owed on time and to make sure that you get paid the full amount. The first one is getting a deposit. Now, a deposit can be 10%, it can be 20%. I think 50% is fair. I think, you know, going right down the middle, half the amount of money at the beginning and half the amount of money at the end is a really, really kind of fair way of doing things. Now, you shouldn't really go into any project or campaign um, or contract without an upfront amount of money. I just think that, you know, by getting some money upfront, it just, it's honest, it shows you that there's some commitment there and what you don't want to do is get to an end of a project and if you don't get paid, you know, you just walk away completely empty-handed. At least a, a sort of 30%, a 50% deposit, if the worst came to the worst and the business went under, at least you would have something and hopefully that would cover your costs and potentially your time. Make sure you get paid your deposit before you start the job. So a lot often you know, clients will say, yeah, it's going through the system or it's at accounts or it's just getting processed. You know, you've, you shouldn't start anything until that deposit's paid. Now I know I've been guilty in the past of, you know, not getting the deposit in straight away and doing some work. Um, and I sometimes still do it now. I'm fortunate that a lot of the clients that I work with, I've been working with a long time and I trust them, but I won't do loads of work before that deposit's paid. I might just start the, pre-production work um, become some sometimes you know businesses have massive departments and finance departments might be on a totally different floor with totally different procedures um, but you know you need to make sure that you've at least had an email from someone in finance to say they received the invoice it's being processed and it will be paid within the next matter of days it can't be weeks 
but you know, within a few days because the people that you're working with might need that product or service very, very quickly, but accounts can't work as fast. So you're gonna, you, know, you might have to be a little bit patient there, but you know, don't do loads of the work. Um, you know, sometimes you might have to be a bit flexible there. The next thing is produce an order form for every bit of work that you do. It doesn't matter if it's a one hour amend or it's a six month project, get the order form um, detailed with exactly what's being done and when it's being done by and get it signed. And make sure that on your order form that there's somewhere on there in writing that this order form is relative to my service level agreement or my contract or my terms and conditions. So by them signing that off and they sign off your order form, they're agreeing to your terms and conditions and do it on every single project that you do. So if someone comes back and says, yeah, I want you to make some little change there and it's a separate job, do a separate order form. And that order form will protect you in case anything goes wrong. Um, if you are working remotely or you don't want, you know, you need to get a wet signature, um, you can, there's lots and lots of cloud software tools out there to do e-signatures. Um, HelloSign is just one of them. I think there's another one called DocuSign. These are really, really great tools that you can just send to the client. They put an e-signature on there. Um, and as soon as they order something, that just basically is commitment there. I'm agreeing to the piece of work. You know, you might want to attach to a service level agreement to that, a small contract or your terms. Um, and then once they've got that, you know, you'll then organize and agree on the payment structure on that point as well. So if it's deposit, you get them to sign, they pay the deposit, bang, you're off running at that point. The next thing is to have a service level agreement, which is an SLA. Now, a service level agreement is just basically outlining who's doing what, when it needs to be done by, when you're getting paid, and how much you're getting paid. Now, you might just want to put that on the order form, um, or if it's a much bigger job, it's more complex, then you probably want a larger, longer service level agreement. If it's a really in-depth project and there's lots of complex areas and payments and lots of other external supplier chains or might be something that's quite confidential, you might want to work to a contract um, which is much more secure, much more ro robust. But you know, a good service level agreement or uh, an order form should really do the job, especially for smaller jobs. If you are working on more complicated jobs, um, and there's much more money involved uh, and you do need to work to a contract, make sure you get that read over by a contracts lawyer or business contracts lawyer. Um, it can protect you long term and this goes for the client and the creative. Make sure that's sorted out very, very early on because what you don't want to do, if there's a breakdown in the project for whatever reason and that contract gets broken, you want to make sure that either party's protected um, and there's actions that can take place going forward that can still make sure the project happens. Another thing in terms of payments, I know we've talked about deposits, but the other thing which I didn't mention was that actually you might want to deposit, well, you, you do want to deposit, but then you also might want um, smaller subsequent um, payments. So you might want 50% up front, 
but then you might want to do 20, 20, 10 or 25 and then 25. This just means that, you know, if anything was to happen at the end of the project and it broke down or the company went bust or something was to happen, at least then you got the majority of money and then you could walk away and you could lick your wounds, but you, you know, you wouldn't be really um, financially broken at that point. So, you know, you might want to do more payments um, after the deposit. Okay, so hopefully that's been good for you. If you are having problems with getting paid or haven't been paid, um, you might want to seek legal advice. Um, I think that's probably a good place to go. Um, if you feel like there is a few issues um, within a project that you're working on at the moment, then hopefully some of the things I've talked about today might help. Um, ideally, when you start a new project, you want to put these things in from the offset. So having contracts, or service level agreements, um, order forms, and getting deposits and staggered payments. Um, it's a great way to make sure that everyone gets paid, everyone's happy, and you continue to grow a working relationship. So here's some final tips. Firstly, have an open and honest conversation at the beginning of the project about money. Don't wait to the middle and don't wait to the end of the project. Set the objectives out early so you know exactly what needs to be achieved, when it needs to be achieved and who by. Uh, and when the payments are going to get made. Make sure you set out boundaries. You know, what you, what are you not willing to take within a project? Um, you know, what's going to break the project down? And different um, parts of the project. What's, what are you trying to avoid here? What's going to cause conflict and problems and issues and challenges um, in terms of money being paid or not being paid? You need to find a level playing ground. So that's an, a product or service that has value that people are willing to pay for uh, and pay on time. But you need to also make sure that if you're the, the contractor or the client, that you're paying people when they need it and what's being agreed. Remember, friendships rule. It's not dictatorships. It should be about friendships and partnerships. If you can create a great friendship with your client or your supplier, then you know, having conversations about money become much easier uh, and much more transparent. And lastly, communicate, communicate, communicate. If you've got a budget, if you've got a, a certain fee that you charge, if there's a problem, there's an issue, just talk about it. If you talk about it nice and early on in the project, it should resolve any disputes or challenges or confrontation at the end of the project. So hopefully that's been good. If you're listening to this, please subscribe. Um, if you're watching this, please like and share. Send it to anyone that you think might um, they might help. It might help them to watch this. Um, I hope you're enjoying these videos and podcasts. Um, I'll see you soon. But remember, be useful, be kind. Bye-bye.